What's happening, everybody? On today's show, a ton of news going on around the conference ahead of SEC Week 10 as we get you ready for LSU-Bama, Mizzou-Georgia, and much more. And you'll always love a good dig from Lane Kiffin and Jimbo Fisher. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash lockedoncollege and use our promo code lockedoncollege for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy with Prize Picks. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, covering your team every day. Got plenty to discuss. Let's dive right into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. Around the conference. And we start over at Alabama. It's Nick Saban in the tide hosting LSU this Saturday. And LSU with one of the best offenses in the country. Jaden Daniels has been outstanding. And the Tigers score a ton of points. So Nick Saban on Wednesday talking about LSU, he said, I think it's one of the things they do a great job of with formations and motions. They create opportunities for the defense to have to adjust and then still be able to play not only the route combinations, but also their run game that they have, which is at times similar to a triple option. And when you have a zone player, you have a quarterback pulling at you, you have somebody in the flat, whether they're blocking for the QB or running a flat pass, it's very challenging because you got to have the right numbers, not only in coverage, but you have to have the right numbers in the run game, and they got great players to do it. That's all a little bit diving deep into the uh, technical aspect of it, but bottom line, Alabama's defense got to play sound, and they've been much improved as this year has gone along. They've been one of the best defenses, not only in the SEC, but in the country, but they will face one of their toughest tasks with what LSU presents to them. Now, on their side, J.C. Latham uh, was in a walking boot at Tuesday's presser, and he said that the injury happened during the third quarter against Tennessee. Didn't seem too worried about it. Said he will play Saturday. He said, quote, it felt pretty good. I mean, stuff happens. You're out there. You feel me? You get banged up. It's no big deal. We'll be ready to play when the game comes. Now, J.C. Latham has played every game so far on that O-line for Alabama. Coming off the bye week, you got to think he rested it up. And uh, Alabama, we will see how that offensive line looks. They've not been great uh, this season. They've been good, but um, most sacks given up in the SEC this year so far to Jalen Milrow and company. Now, Nick Saban said they used the bye week to get their team refocused on uh, themselves before they get ready for LSU. He said, we're trying to get our guys back to technical execution. Sometimes you have a bye week, you got to get refocused. Obviously, playing a great team like LSU, Jaden Daniels being an outstanding quarterback. They got great receivers, aggressive on defense. Harold Perkins really disruptive. So it's going to be a great challenge for us but something we embrace and look forward to playing in these type of games. Now, on the other side of the field, over at LSU, Brian Kelly, uh, he was asked if they will make any changes defensively playing Alabama this year, this week. Specifically asked if they will use Harold Perkins as a spy versus Jalen Milrow. Brian Kelly said, no, we will not change the structure of our defense. We've established who we are from a defensive standpoint. There are different fronts that we use. Third down, obviously, is where you consider using a spy. And, you know, Harold Perkins has been a part of our pass rush. 
He went on to say there obviously are opportunities to do some things with him that allow him to rush or drop, depending on what the calls are. But in answering the question, it's form. No, we wouldn't have to do anything to change the structure of the defense to include him in different segments of a defense that include dropping, blitzing, spying, and still have it be part of our new structure. Perkins has been uh, very productive for LSU yet again this year with three sacks, an interception, and 39 tackles. Brian Kelly asked about uh, having full faith and trust in his quarterback, Jaden Daniels, in decision-making. He said, quote, if you're asking from a technical standpoint, Jaden has full autonomy in the five- and six-man protection and the run game overloads. So anything that's an overload, he can get out of those overloads in most offensive systems in particular, the ones that run out of the spread. It's do you throw the ball on the perimeter? You're usually tagged with a throw and an RPO. He went on to say a lot of quarterbacks today in the run game have a tag where if the run is not a good look to take it, either check out of the run or it's built where they could throw the ball out on the perimeter. So he has, I would say, quite a bit of autonomy when it comes to running the offense that we have. So, look, diving a little bit deep in the weeds there, but hopefully you guys are up on your football acumen and know what to expect in this LSU-Alabama game on both sides of the ball. Now, uh, will we see this matchup for years to come moving forward? Uh, Obviously, we know scheduling changes coming for the SEC with the additions of Texas and Alabama. Nick Saban was asked about the possibility of having LSU as a permanent opponent moving forward he said i think as many of these type of rivalry games we can keep over time is beneficial to the conference and beneficial to the players that play the game whatever you want to call them uh keep over time it's beneficial to the conference and beneficial to the players now brian kelly he was asked he said we're going to have a say with teams we want to keep on our schedule each school has natural rivalries but we're in agreement lsu alabama is a game we'd like to see played every year so we'll see if that happens in future scheduling. One more note on this LSU-Alabama game. CBS Sports Analyst Brian Jones, uh, he went official, made his pick this week. He is picking LSU. He said that uh, uh, this current edition of LSU's offense, averaging 47 points a game, is comparable to the national championship team that had stars like Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson. He said, uh, quote, I think LSU's going to win this game. Reminds me of 2019. Different characters, Jaden Daniels, uh, receivers, Brian Thomas Jr., Malik Neighbors. They're the second coming of Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. These guys are bad to the bone. That offense is Cajun hot. I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. Whoever has it last will win. I'm going with LSU. So there you have it. That's Brian Jones's pick. All right, other news and notes going on around the conference. How about over at Georgia? They're ranking in the top 25 playoff rankings. Uh, got the, or the, the college football playoff rankings. Came out the other night. Georgia... Been number one in all the polls, AP and coaches poll and all that, but they came in number two in the college football playoff rankings behind Ohio State. The uh, committee chair, Boo Corrigan, saying on Tuesday night, I think you look at the rivalry game of Florida, the way they played against Kentucky, uh, play without Brock Bowers, very impressive. Their overall team makeup, team speed, defense, allowing about 14 points a game. Total body of work, uh, they look very good, but Again, compliment to Georgia, but uh, not an exact reason why they had them at two and not number one. But we will see what uh, Georgia does here. Plenty of ranked opponents still on their schedule to earn back that number one spot in the college football playoff rankings. Now, Kirby Smart himself understands they got a tough test this week with Mizzou. Missouri's defensive line has been very good. The offense has been very good. And Kirby Smart saying on Wednesday, it's very demanding. Uh, playing a team like this takes great communication 
takes being on the same page. He said Mizzou creates difficulties. They understand what you're doing protection-wise. They try to get the best matchups, create confusion. And that's what good def defenses do. That's what Missouri does. So Missouri looking to uh, come up big defensively against Carson Beck and company this weekend. Uh, over on the Missouri side, Eli Drinkwitz and the Tigers. Uh, they understand this is a big game, but uh, Eli Drinkwitz saying, look, regardless of whatever this game is, the narrative is nothing we, control we can control. So there's going to be two different narratives here. If we lose, well, then there's nothing left to play for because of what's at stake in this game, which we know isn't true. He said, if we win, we'll assume, oh, they're, they're going to win the East. He said, which is also not true because we still have three games left against SEC opponents that we would have to win. Uh, but Mizzou coming out of a bye after a dominant win over South Carolina. Drinkwitz went on to say, the job of the media and social media is to create narratives. Our job is to ignore them and try to be 1-0. He said, uh, if you don't play well or lose these games you lose any other opportunity you try to say that versus Georgia is bigger than any other team well that's not what trying to go one and oh means a few more notes from Drinkwitz uh, he was talked about Georgia and the absence of Brock Bowers he said look they've uh, they've been really good he said I think obviously Lad McConkey stepped up Dominic Lovett ended up being their leading pass catcher and uh, Robert Thomas, all the weapons they have, they got a lot of different players who can catch the ball and create opportunities with the ball in their hands. Uh, a few other notes here over at Arkansas. Sam Pittman was asked if Rocket Sanders will be available for Saturday's game against Florida. Uh, he said, look, there's a chance he'll be available. He's practiced Monday and Tuesday, limited basis, but he has practice, so we're hopeful he'll be available on Saturday. Rocket Sanders has appeared in just three games this year for Arkansas and uh, Sam Pittman saying that he gave his staff a break from recruiting this week. He said the focus he wanted to put on just trying to win football games and trying to win this game specifically going on the road to Florida. He said, I wanted all of our coaches with the team because we need to win this game. New offensive coordinator in there. Uh, our focus needs to be on beating Florida. And just a couple more notes here over Tennessee. Joey Halsley uh, said he believes Joe Milton is coming into his own as the season continues on, he said, I think it's just been his growth this season from one week to another to the next. He continues to push himself and in his preparation, push further in his development. The more you get, the better you play, and the more comfortable you will feel. And it's been fun watching him grow. Lastly, uh, Tennessee, they're going to honor uh, Coach Pat Summit at this weekend's game against UConn. Tennessee will honor her legacy, raise money for Alzheimer's research. Josh Heupel putting out a video saying, uh, at our game against UConn, a special Pat Summit commemorative cup will be available at Neyland Stadium, and a portion of those sales will support Alzheimer's research at the University of Tennessee Medical Center. So great stuff there from Tennessee. All right, thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we'll continue with our news and notes around the conference. Plenty more to digest. That's coming your way here in just a sec. And I want to remind you guys, this episode is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. The easiest and most exciting way for you guys to play daily fantasy sports is just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players out there, uh, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections, and you will watch the winnings roll in. And with basketball season upon us, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from their specials league. It's a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you can have LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and receptions. 
So kind of cool. They combine it all there as well. Um, Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. I was telling you guys, a friend of mine at work, he just started playing a couple weeks ago, loves it. Every time I see him at the office, he's always showing me on his app, hey, I made my picks today in Prize Picks. So, really cool stuff. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use our promo code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use the promo code locked on college for that first deposit match up to $100. It is prize picks. It is daily fantasy sports made easy. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, run along here to Locked On SEC. A reminder to check out our Locked On College Preview Show every Friday. Getting you set for the weekend to come in college football. Of course, we're talking all things SEC here. They're talking all things big picture college football. But, of course, they'll be previewing some of those big, big games across the SEC happening this Friday. All right, let's dive back into it because we got plenty more to discuss still going on around the conference. And uh, as we dive back into it, we head on out to Columbia, where South Carolina, Shane Beamer, their team is down, but they're not out. They're still giving an effort, and Shane Beamer talked about that this week at his weekly press conference. He said guys like Dakarian Joyner and Spencer Rattler really stepped up, led by example. He said, like the other day at practice, you would have thought we were playing for the freaking Super Bowl, the way we practice out there. It's because we've got great kids. I love coaching them. I hope Gamecock Nation appreciates them. A guy like Dakarian Joyner or what he stands for, as well as all of our seniors. We've got some great seniors, whether they've been here their whole time or a guy like Spencer Rattler who came here last year. They have a great appreciation for this place, and they love it. Right now, our focus is not four weeks from now. It's what we got to do this week in a great week of practice against Jacksonville State. He said, no one wants to win more than our guys. No one hurts when we aren't successful on Saturday more than our guys. And I'll be damned if I'm ever the head coach here and have our guys not have our, or not have our guys not look forward to coming into this building. Does it suck? Does it really stink coming in here after a loss? Yeah. Does it really stink being 2-6 and six right now? Of course. But our guys are excited to come out here, work each day in practice, and be with one another. Uh, Shane Beamer also updating the status on a couple injured players. He said Trey Jones will not play this week. Wide receiver Juice Wells uh, listed among those who were questionable. He said Wells is getting closer to a return to action. He said, I don't know if he'll be ready for Saturday. Not quite uh, ready to rule him out. There's nobody I could sit here today and say is definitively out this week against Jacksonville State. So we'll see what South Carolina looks like this Saturday, but they really need a win sitting at 2-6. and six. All right, over at Auburn, Hugh Freeze still looking for that consistency at quarterback. We finally saw Peyton Thorne play like it this past week. Freeze said he's got to keep doing it. He said, I think collectively 
we protected him better. I think our receivers are playing better. I think the plan is getting better. Uh, plan is more comfortable to him, suited to his skill set, and the elevation of our receivers playing a little bit better, protecting him better. Just a combination of all those things that need to continue to happen. And uh, Free's hoping to get another big game out of Thorne, Peyton Thorne this weekend as Auburn will take on Vanderbilt. Auburn hoping to get to two more wins. We get him to six and uh, bowl eligibility. Meanwhile, over at Vanderbilt, uh, Clark Lee's crew is just going through a tough time this season, and uh, they're getting ready for this game against Auburn. And some questions with their quarterback. They started uh, Ken Seals again this past week, but we got to see Walter Taylor, uh, some play from him. And Clark Lee saying we do expect both those guys to play. Our plan last week was to have Ken play the game, but insert Walt in certain situations, trying to get him some snap experience. Uh, Taylor went on to lead a third-quarter scoring drive that went 65 yards on 10 plays. Clark Lee said Ken was under pressure. There were other factors that, uh, that to me, uh, limited his ability to move the offense, and we thought Walt would provide a little spark. So we tried him and uh, try to play them both again moving forward. So it just kind of depends on can we keep that flow to our game. Vanderbilt looking to end their seven-game losing streak on Saturday, playing uh, Auburn on the SEC Network Saturday afternoon. Over at Mississippi State, Zach Arnett and the Bulldogs, they're going to be welcoming back some legends this weekend. Jackie Sherrill and the 1998 SEC West title team will be at their game against Kentucky. On Wednesday, Arnett was asked about the opportunity. He said, look, obviously excited to welcome back the legends in our program's history, some of the greatest players to come through, and Coach Sherrill uh, as well. Look forward to seeing him, getting to spend some time with him. He's been incredibly generous and kind, sharing words of wisdom with me and things and lessons he's learned at coaching at Mississippi State. So, Bulldogs hoping to get win number five against Kentucky this Saturday. That would get them closer to six wins and bowl eligibility. Meanwhile, at Kentucky, Mark Stoops, they're facing a three-game losing streak after they started 5-0. and And ahead of their game against Mississippi State, Stoops saying is a team with injuries. They've had a quarterback and other guys on offense, Will Rogers in the passing game, Mike Wright, and the versatility and stuff he brings to the table presents a big challenge for us defensively. The Mississippi State very much like they always are. Very good, very disruptive, very multiple in things that they do and make it challenging on protections and on targets in the run game with the way they insert players from the second and third level will be a big challenge for us. Meanwhile, over at Ole Miss, always fun when Lane Kiffin and Jimbo Fisher get together. Uh, Lane just doesn't like A&M. On Wednesday, Lane Kiffin was asked what it is about Texas A&M that brings out a little bit more fire for him. He said, it's a good question. I don't know. The Aggies, I think they got a great program. Do a phenomenal job, obviously, of raising money and getting great players. I don't have issues, any issues with them. Really hard place to play at Alabama. And now here, no issues. Should be one of the top programs in the country. So, Lane, of course, taking shots at the Aggies and NIL. Uh, Aggies under Jimbo Fisher have really struggled on the road here recently. They have, uh, going back to last year, have now lost eight in a row on the road, and Jimbo Fisher 0-9 against ranked road opponents. Lane Kiffin was asked about that. He said, I don't know about the streak, but I hope he keeps going. Obviously, they play dramatically different uh, at home than when they're on the road. When they play at home, they play better because of the home field advantage, one of the loudest places in the country, but uh, going to be a tough challenge this Saturday. Ole Miss and A&M kick off from Oxford at... 11 a.m. Central on ESPN. On the other side of things, Jimbo Fisher talking with the media and 
He was asked about Jackson Dart, the challenges he presents at Ole Miss. He said, very good player, athletic, creates plays with his legs, creates plays with his arm, can get the ball down the field to the playmakers. I think as you get older and more experienced, you get so much more efficient in the things you do. And you can see that from Jackson Dart. Now, Jimbo also asked about Lane Kiffin's play calling abilities. He said, Lane's always done a good job. You got good people and you got good guys always uh, that way in anything you do. Everybody has tendencies. Everybody breaks tendencies. That's what you get. When you break tendencies, you hope it hurts them for big plays. But guys all believe in certain things. Ole Miss looking for uh, another win and to stay in the top 10 in the college football playoff rankings. AM hoping to get a big road win for their program against the Ole Miss Rebels. And just one quick note here, the uh, Davey O'Brien Award this week announced their 35 uh, quarterbacks named to their uh, class of 2023. Of those 35, six of them were SEC quarterbacks. Carson Beck at Georgia, Brady Cook at Mizzou, Jaden Daniels, LSU, Jackson Dart, Ole Miss, Graham Mertz at Florida, and Jalen Milrow at Alabama. So we will see uh, if an SEC player comes away with the award. Last guy to do that was Bryce Young in 2021. And there you have it. You're all caught up with all the latest news going on around the conference. Coming up next, we are going to uh, give you a little bit of a crossover edition. Here, a little bit of an Alabama-LSU preview. Get you guys ready for that big game happening this weekend. That's coming your way in just a sec. This episode presented to you by our friends over at FanDuel. You can score throughout this NFL season and throughout the college season over at FanDuel. They are America's number one sports book. And we've been telling you guys about it. If you haven't done it yet, what are you waiting for right now? New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That is $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, no better time to get in on the action right now. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options. They got spreads, player props, over-unders, a whole lot more for you there on FanDuel. Of course, the parlays are the fun part uh, when you can you know, win off of multiple teams uh, coming through with your bet and uh, bring you a lot of uh, winnings. So go check them out over at FanDuel.com slash locked on throughout this college and NFL season. And, of course, the uh, app, super easy to use. But uh, go check them out, FanDuel.com slash locked on. They are FanDuel. They are the official partner of the NFL. I run along here, locked on SEC, and wanted to let you guys hear a little bit of a crossover action from our friends over at Locked on LSU, Locked on Bama, Caroline Fenton covering LSU, Jimmy Stein covering Bama. The little crossover preview in the game this weekend. So here was a snippet of how they think uh, this thing is going to play out between LSU and Alabama and their predictions. This is a preview of what's to come on Sundays here in just a, a few years with you know Alabama's DBs on LSU's wide receivers. Looking at the other side, you know Alabama's receivers on LSU's DBs. You know, of course, Jermaine Burton has had a much better season than I anticipated, but I wouldn't call Alabama's receivers necessarily the strength of this team. It's very much so the case with LSU's corners. Of course, they're three. You know transfer portal veteran corners will be out, including Zy Alexander, which is LSU's best corner has been so far this season. So it's going to be true freshmen on Jermaine Burton and the rest of this Alabama receiving core. Those are battles that I think those LSU DBs lose. They've lost them all season long. So I think to me, it comes down to LSU's pass rush. 
against Alabama's offensive line that's really struggled to protect Jalen Miller all season long. He's up 35 sacks this year. Now, LSU's pass rush hasn't been dominant this season. Like I said, if it's not clear, the defense is the weakness of this team. But I'm looking for Harold Perkins and for Mason Smith and for Jordan Jefferson to have massive games this weekend, to have those breakout kind of games. I look back at that LSU-Arkansas game last season when Harold Perkins just went absolutely wild. That's what Alabama is going, excuse me, that's what LSU is going to need against Alabama to at least try and contain Jalen Milrow, to limit what they want to do in the passing game and to help out those young DBs against an offensive line that has been vulnerable all season long. That's exactly right. That 35 sack number is shocking. It's it's true. It's true. And it hasn't been fun to watch for Alabama fans, but uh, <laughs> each one of those 35 sacks has been bad. But what, you know, what's kind of interesting about that number is anyone would automatically jump to the conclusion and it would be largely correct that Alabama's offensive line is, is not good, uh, particularly when it comes to pass protection. That That's true. But so many of these 35 sacks have been coverage sacks, have been more related to Jalen Milrow's inexperience. Uh, he has held on the ball too long, many, many times. He's had many chances to throw the ball away. And for whatever reason, it just doesn't come out. So that 35 sack total, a lot of it's on the young quarterback. A lot of it is on the running backs, particularly early in the season. I would say of the 35 sacks, maybe as many as eight have been specifically due to running backs complete failure to pick up blitzers, which scares you to death when you're about to play Harold Perkins, by the way. Uh, so that's been a big problem for Alabama is too many sacks. It hasn't all been the offensive line, but of course a lot of it has been. And I think a thing that's going to happen this Saturday, it'll be really interesting to watch where LSU plays Harold Perkins and moves him around. Alabama has a true freshman left tackle. He's going to be a spectacular player in the future but the future has yet to arrive. He's He is a true freshman uh, struggling in this league. And despite his upside, despite the fact he's probably in the future going to be making a lot of money playing this game on Sundays, uh, his freshman season has been very up and down. LSU is going to try, I am certain, to get Perkins on him a few times uh, as uh, Alabama's left tackle, Caden Proctor, has struggled with speed rushers. So I would look for that Saturday as – almost inevitable. I think right now you could go ahead and mark Perkins down for two or three sacks. <laughs> Alabama has definitely struggled uh, to, to to deal with elite blitzing linebackers, whether it's a speed rush that the left tackle can't handle, whether it's the running back failing to pick it up, whether it's Milrow holding onto the ball too long. Uh, LSU is going to get some sacks on Saturday night. You can just go ahead and chisel that into rock. It does feel nice to say, but I, I do feel like some of the the struggles for Alabama offensively are due to that exact reason of youth and inexperience at the left tackle position, at the quarterback position, even at the offensive coordinator position, Tommy Reese being just such a young and inexperienced play caller in this league. So is that the reason why Alabama has struggled in, with slow starts, you know, I look at a slow start against Tennessee, a slow start against Ole Miss and against Texas A&M. I look at that as maybe being an opportunity for LSU to run up the score early. But what do you think is the reason for Alabama struggling to play maybe a full 60 minutes? I, I'm, I'm going to say the youth and inexperience on offense, because that's that just seems to be the, the logical take. 
I believe in the last seven games, Alabama has scored a total of three points on their opening drive of the game. So, you know, when, when you're hoping to get off to a good start, LSU going into a hostile environment, if Alabama doesn't get off to a good start, LSU sort of takes the crowd out of it. That's what happened against Tennessee uh, just two weeks ago in Bryant-Denny. Uh, Alabama got in a hole in the first half, and the stadium was fairly quiet. Uh, Alabama really got something going early in the second half, and the stadium was sort of bananas that whole second half. And I think it really affected Tennessee. But that first half, uh, it was quiet because Alabama didn't get off to a good start, and Tennessee did. And you can kind of foresee that same thing repeating itself in terms of how consistent LSU's offense has been and how inconsistent Alabama's offense has been. You can see LSU getting off to a good start in this game. Uh, Jalen Milrow, he, he's he's an enigma. <laughs> now, for he's one of these guys – that uh, he'll make some bad plays. There'll be some negative plays. And just when you can't get any more frustrated with the kid, he does something not just good, but spectacular. He's capable and delivers weekly the spectacular. Uh, there's just a lot of bad that goes along with it. Now, playing a, a defense like LSU, it'll be interesting uh, where LSU's given up more than, uh, than you would expect LSU to give up yardage and point-wise. Uh, maybe that's just what a Jalen Milrow needs. But, uh, but I'm thinking that you're going to see the same Milrow we have in the first eight games, which is uh, sometimes shaky and sometimes spectacular. And let's see where it ends after 60 minutes. Well, coming up next, let's get into our official predictions for this game. How we expect it to play out, score predictions, all that coming up next year on a crossover edition, Locked on LSU and Locked on Bama. All right, thanks again for making Locked on LSU and Locked on Bama your first listens every single day. Right now at time of recording, Alabama is a three-and-a-half-point home, three home favorite hosting LSU this weekend. Jimmy Stein, Locked on Bama, what's your official prediction for how this game plays out on Saturday? It's going to be exciting. I think CBS is getting exactly what they would like, and I think uh, the, 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 the audience is going to tune in for the full three three plus hour broadcast here because it's probably going to come down to that last couple of minutes in the game a little similar to last year uh but last year lsu playing in baton rouge won a very tight game at the end i think alabama playing at home uh, might come out on top this time i'm going to say 35 to 30 uh which is a lot of points for alabama to give up based on how they've been playing defense but I think you can contain Jaden Daniels a little bit, but he's going to get his numbers. Malik Neighbors will have his wins outside. So will Brian Thomas. Logan Diggs running the ball, mm -hmm. I think, is uh, is going to be helpful. I think it's going to be tough for Alabama to keep LSU under 30. I see 30 as sort of a magic number in this game. If LSU gets up over 30, it's going to be tough for Alabama, I think, to match that. But if Alabama can keep LSU under 30, I think they can win the game. But at home, I've got Alabama winning 35-30 behind the usual two or three long touchdown passes from Milrow being the difference. I think it's going to be a close game as well. And I think it could even come down to how LSU fans saw Arkansas or Ole Miss come down to of just whoever scores last or whoever has the ball last is going to be able to win the football game. And I could see this being like a 38-35 kind of game. Fewer points than LSU is maybe accustomed to putting up. More points than maybe Alabama is accustomed to putting up. And that's just the, the product of playing one really good defense and one really bad defense. And also going up against a really good offense in LSU. And I think that kind of 
almost ignites something in Alabama. I saw that in the second half against Tennessee. You know, a 13-point deficit going into half, it almost like lit a fire under their butts, which led to a two-play 79-yard touchdown drive from Jalen Milrow. So I like LSU just barely in this one, just because I haven't seen anyone slow down this offense for a full 60 minutes. Florida State did it in the last quarter of the game, and that was just enough. Arkansas was able to limit what LSU wanted to do for a majority of the first half, but once it got into the second half, it was the the Jaden Daniels and Malik Neighbor show. If anyone can do it, I do believe it is Alabama's defense. If anyone on LSU's schedule, because I think LSU, I think Alabama's defense is simply just that good. But if it ends up being a shootout, I like LSU's chances in any sort of shootout. All right, thanks again to Caroline Fenton and Jimmy Stein of Locked on LSU and Locked on Bama. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Shout out to our everydayers. Keep coming back and checking us out every day. We'll have all your picks going into the weekend on tomorrow's show right here on Locked on SEC. I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys then.